Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tenderness see? Who through life has been my guide? Right now we see this little horn. This is not the Antichrist. This is the little horn that comes out of the four horns of Greece. And it becomes exceedingly great. Verse 9, and out of one of them, out of the four horns, came a little horn, which grew exceedingly great toward the south, toward the east, and toward the glorious land. The glorious land is a reference to Israel. As we started today in our prayer in Israel, the glorious land, God's glorious land, is Israel. And we know that this little horn, this king, did just that. He was especially cruel to Israel. Verse 10 through 12 says this, And it grew up to the host of heaven, and it cast down some of the host of the, some of the stars to the ground and trampled them. Verse 11, He even exalted himself as high as the prince of the host, and by him the daily sacrifices were taken away, and the place of his sanctuary was cast down. Because of transgression, an army was given over to the horn to oppose the daily sacrifices, and he cast truth down to the ground. He did all that he and did all this and prospered. Sorry. So we know this little horn. This little horn is not the Antichrist, but he is a type and a shadow of the Antichrist. And we know that a man out of the Seleucid Empire, out of one of the horns of Greece, rose to power. His name was Antiochus IV. Antiochus IV became known as Antiochus Epiphanes. Now, he also had coins minted with the name Theos uh, Epiphanes, Theos Epiphanes which essentially means the same thing as Antiochus Epiphanes. It means God is manifest. He believed he was God manifested among the people. Antiochus Epiphanes, this evil man, and that's what's being spoken of here. And this makes sense because in verse 11, as he believed he was some kind of God, verse 11 tells us he even exalted himself as high as the prince of the hosts. And by him the daily sacrifices were taken away and the place of his sanctuary was cast down because he did see himself as a God. And again, that's the near fulfillment. We know the Antichrist will do the same thing. This is all a picture and a type of the Antichrist, but it'll even get deeper than that. And we know from history, he did stop the daily sacrifices. He defiled the temple of God. And let's back up one verse. In verse 10, we read this. And it, speaking of that little horn, grew up to the host of heaven, and it cast down some of the hosts and some of the stars to the ground and trampled them. Now, in the language here, it doesn't go quite as far as when the language of the Antichrist talks about similar things here. So we know this is a near fulfillment. This is not quite what the Antichrist will do. This is speaking of something else. When it talks about the hosts of heaven and as some of the stars to the ground, in the language it's relating to Abraham's promises. In Genesis 12 and in Genesis 15. In Genesis 12, remember, Abraham was promised that he would be a blessing through his people to all the families of the earth through the Jewish people. But not only that, in Genesis 15, God promises Abraham that his descendants would be like the stars of heaven. And so that's what this is referring to in the language. And so I believe that's what's being said in this passage. And from history, we know this. Antiochus was fighting a war. His empire was fighting a war. He was devouring nations. He was getting some nations to to come alongside of him because he wanted to go against Rome. 
And he came to Israel, and Israel refused to help him. And so in his pride, he became very angry. He enslaved thousands upon thousands of Jewish people, and then he slaughtered and killed over 100,000 Jewish people. We know this man was extremely evil. He plundered the temple. He defiled it. He desecrated. Not only that, he set up an idol in, in the Holy of Holies to Zeus. But before he did that, what did he do? He slaughtered a pig on the altar of the Holy of Holies. Just think about that from a Jewish standpoint. So Antiochus, he was uh, sometimes pronounced Antiochus, sometimes Antiochus. And, and don't be confused. That man, he did have a dual nature, though. He was in essence, inspired by Satan himself. He hated the Jewish people. And we see that growing in the world today, don't we? Which is another sign of the end. Recently, I did a little prophecy thing about Israel and some of the things that were on my heart. And I have to tell you, you just look around at some of the celebrations that were going on in nations in the world that Israelis were being killed. Look, this stuff is growing. Anti-Semitism is growing. And we know that's one of the signs of the end. But this man... He really did a brutal number. And we know, though, that God only gave him a season to do so, and we find out in Scripture how long that will be. In God's mercy, we hear Daniel 8, verses 13 and 14, Then I heard a holy one speaking, and another holy one said to that certain one who was speaking, How long will the vision be concerning the daily sacrifices and the transgression of desolation, the giving of both the sanctuary and the host to be trampled underfoot? Verse 14, And he said to me, For two thousand... 300 days, then the sanctuary shall be cleansed. So just so you know, that many days, 2,300 days is six years plus 110 days, if you're counting, okay? 2,300 days. But we know in Revelation 13, 5, and then we'll find out in Daniel 12, that the Antichrist will be given 42 months, three and a half years, or 1,290 days. So these, we know this is not speaking of Antichrist. This is speaking of Antiochus. This is exactly what he did, by the way. Here's the crazy thing. This is how perfect God's word is. I want you to understand this. Some people argue over this. They say, well, it's not really 2,300 days. It's 1,150 days because it's talking about the sacrifices, and there was a daily and an evening sacrifice. So it was actually 1,150 days. Here's the remarkable thing. From the time Antiochus defiled the temple to the cleansing of the temple was exactly 1,150 days to the day. Oh, but if you go with the 2,300 days... The very day Antiochus began to persecute the Jewish people, and he did so by killing Onias, the high priest of Israel. The very day he killed the high priest, until the very day of the cleansing of the temple, was 2,300 days. Exactly. So I don't care which theory you hold to. God's word is perfect. I love how God just removes our objections. <laughs> he just says, okay, you don't want to believe that. I'll just make both true. It's pretty amazing. God's word is accurate. But we also know exactly the day the temple was cleansed. It was the 20, uh, 25th day of Kislev. Essentially in the month of our December, the 25th day of Kislev, we know the temple was rededicated, it was cleansed. And we know that came at the end of the Maccabean revolt. I won't go into all that today. Study it out yourself. But we know Antiochus was defeated. They were able to take back the temple and they cleansed the temple. But remember what happened. They didn't have enough of the purified holy oil to do the purification ceremony. They needed it for eight days, but they only had one day's worth. And so they lit it on faith and it burned for eight days and eight nights until they were able to to have more oil until they were able to cleanse the temple. And on the 25th of Kislev, in the middle of winter, the temple was cleansed. And just so you know, this is the origin of our Christmas holiday. 
You know, if you were here on Christmas Eve, I kind of explained some of this. I'll just touch on it. I won't go. I know it's not Christmas, and although people are probably already decorating for Christmas, it's not Christmas yet. But I noted that, you know, Jesus, this became known as the festival of dedication or the feast of dedication. The 25th of Kislev, in the middle of December, our month of December, in the middle of winter, we know this. We know in John chapter 10, if you go read this out, it's in verses 22 through 39. Jesus showed up to that feast of dedication. He celebrated it. And you know how he celebrated it? He declared himself as Christ. And so I always tell people, look, it's certainly okay for us on the 25th of December every year to declare Christ to the world. Now, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of things that, you know, have influenced Christmas and the holiday, a lot of pagan things. I get all of that. You don't have to focus on those things. But on the 25th of December, every year, we talk about the birth of our, our Lord Jesus. It's a great time to just do what Jesus did. At the festival of dedication, at the feast of dedication, J- Jesus went there and he said to the Jewish leaders, I am the Christ. He declared himself as Jesus, as Christ. We should do the same. Okay, I got off on a rabbit trail. So anyway, but here we're going to see, and then also in Daniel chapter 9, next week we'll see this isn't the fulfillment that we'll see in Daniel chapter 9 of the abomination of desolation. Now, many thought it was. Many thought this must be the fulfillment until Jesus came along about 160 years later and he told everybody what? Matthew 24, verse 15 through 18. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. So it's future. From Jesus' day, it's future. It had not been fulfilled yet. Antiochus was a type of the Antichrist, but he had not fulfilled the abomination of desolation. And for those who argue that 70 AD, when the temple was destroyed, that that fulfills this prophecy, it's wrong. This does not fulfill the prophecy either because we know they didn't set up an abomination in the temple. Remember, they accidentally destroyed the temple. They weren't supposed to. And they were slaughtering Jewish people and many Jews were taking refuge in the Holy of Holies. There was no abomination set up in the Holy of Holies. And they were told not to, but they did. They lit it on fire and remember the whole thing melted and burned so hot that the gold melted between every stone and Jesus' prophecy came true that no stone would be unturned. So we know it wasn't fulfilled in 70 AD. It's future. It's still to come. And we'll see some of that as we get into the later part of this book. But now I want to read you the interpretation, just like last week, after we've sifted through these scriptures. I want to read you the interpretation, and hopefully we can completely understand it, but I want to point a couple things out as we go. Daniel 8, 15 through 22, he gets the interpretation. Oh, my battery's going low. That's hilarious. (laughs) I have paper backup, just so you know. Then it happened when I, Daniel, had seen the vision and was seeking the meaning that suddenly there stood before me one having the appearance of a man. Verse 16, and I heard a man's voice between the banks of the Uli who called and said, Gabriel, make this man understand the vision. So he came near where I stood. And when he came, I was afraid and fell on my face. But he said to me, understand, son of man, that the vision refers to the time of the end. Now as he was speaking with me, I was in a deep sleep with my face to the ground. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. 
For more information visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.